Bangu. Hello. And welcome to episode nine of Jesus Didn't Speak English. This episode is brought to you by Maltese. I thought there was a dog. Uh, that I think there is actually also a dog called a Maltese, but I don't know that region? it's actually from Malta. I'm not sure. Is that where Maltese me. is? Mal- Malta? Yeah, from Malta. It's huh. an island country over in the Mediterranean. That seems right. Yes. Interestingly enough, Maltese is also a Semitic language, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about salvation. What's that? I don't know. What is it, Jeff? Well, we're going to get into it. But before we do, I'm going to pray because I lost rock, paper, scissors today. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I love you. Thank you for all that you're doing, all that you have done and what you're doing in our lives. And in this podcast, Lord, I pray that you will continue to move and help us to be uh, open vessels, God, for whatever you have for us. I pray that you will guide our conversation, guide our minds and help us to bring out what needs to be brought out and to ignore the things that are unimportant. We love you and we need you. And we pray these in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So the title of episode nine is salvation. What's that? So Bob, salvation. What's that? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Bob, do you have salvation? Yes. Okay. So a lot of times we hear in scripture, right? We hear saved, like you will be saved or they are saved or even outside of scripture. When we're talking amongst ourselves, we refer to ourselves as I am saved or are you saved? Which uh, all you grammarians out there know that that is the past participle of the verb to save, right? Which means exactly what I was thinking, Jeff. I know, I know. Just, you know, sometimes the people don't know the things that you and I know. So Uh the past participle, it's a, it's a past tense. So if we're going by strict grammar, which spoiler alert, we're not going by strict grammar, but, (laughs) but if we were to, if we were to take apart what we say in English all the time, I am saved or he is saved, or are you saved, okay? It is the quality of having been saved, like you were once in danger and now you're not, right? Hmm. Go ahead. No, I'm, saying I'm, if, I'm liking where the wheels are turning. If Let's hear it. If that is, you know, we are saved, technically, Correct. aren't we all saved already? Who? Everyone. Everybody in the human race? Yes. No. I mean, we... 100%. I wish I had a, I wish that, I had a buzzer. Say that, was that like, definition ah. again from before. <laughs> That we were in danger, but now we're not. Yeah, but before that. Oh, it's the quality of having been saved. Right. Te- yeah, like that I was once in danger, but now I'm not because I have been saved yeah, from the danger. Technically, we've all been saved. By whom? Jesus. Have we all been saved by Jesus? Because he did, he did the thing. He did. But what is the condition for actually receiving that, uh, that saving? So, receiving or it. that salvation. So, so have we been saved and we just have not received it? Because technically the act was done to commence the saving. Okay. We just haven't received it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just th- I'm just defend yourself. I'm Go thinking ahead. I have no defense for it. I'm just <laughs> thinking it through. <laughs> so I don't know specifically, but I think that that sounds a lot to me like Calvinistic, like very, very Calvin Real ideology, which I'm not, I am not a Calvinist by any means. Same. Um, so it's an interesting point, okay, that you bring up. So 
So salvation, I would, I'll pose a different question. And instead of posing a question, I'm just going to pose a statement. I would say that salvation is the quality of being in right standing with the Lord. I would agree with that. Okay. And um, before we started today, I was like searching real quick just in my Bible app. I just did a keyword search for salvation. In the Old Testament, a lot of times what comes up when you look for salvation, the English word for salvation, are examples of when the Lord is reaching down into circumstance and snatching away his people out of defeat. Okay, so it's like a physical, literal, you were about to get crushed and then he saved you. Like we would say, even in English, like, hey, uh, you saved my life. Like I was just in the street or whatever and you pushed me out of the way. You saved me. Right. Right. And I think that is spiritually accurate to a point, but only to a point because, um, I mean, so like the default state of humanity is we're messed up, right? Yes. Cool. And if we never change that state of being messed up or being outside of right standing with the Lord and we die, then what happens? We go to the bad place. Okay. Does that <laughs> happen immediately? Uh, No. You sure? <laughs> I'm making You're waggling the head of me. Uh, so, like, yes. have you ever heard somebody preach exactly what you just said? If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you die, you go to hell. Yes, all cool. the time. Cool, cool, cool. Also, I don't. I have read my Bible and I haven't found that format yeah. there. And what the Bible, what I am more convinced of now, is uh, so in Hebrews six. One and two. I know I've said this to you a bunch of times, but I'm going to say it again. The author of Hebrews sets up the um, elementary principles of what the Messiah is. And he sets them up, or she, I guess technically it could be. The author sets up what are these elementary principles of the Christ or of the Messiah. Okay, so they say the following things. Repentance from dead works, faith towards God, instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and the final judgment. Mm. Okay. So according to the author of Hebrews, this is like elementary, like Christianity 101 and specifically like Christ 101, like what the Christ even is. Those six things have to do with everything that the Christ is. Right. So the final judgment is all the way at the end. And I do believe that they're like in a progressive list, you know, that salvation and even this is in a progressive list. I think that we have all been, maybe you, if you're listening, have you, we would love some feedback, by the way, just as, just as an aside, I would love if you reached out, if you listen and you have anything to say, you can email us. I'll plug it right now. JDSC.podcast at gmail.com. We have some social medias. You can interact with us on there. I'm sure that if you've ever been in a church, you've probably heard somebody make the statement like that, that if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus as your savior and your Lord, then when you die, you go to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible paints a little bit differently picture. If you don't know Jesus as your savior, if you don't recognize that Jesus is who he says he is, you are, as Bob said, fated for the bad place. That's true. But I don't think it happens as soon as you die. Because in Revelation, it says that uh, death and Hades will be thrown into the lake of fire, but they haven't been yet. Mm. Which means where you go, I don't really know. I I, I think also time to us is really important, but when you're outside of right now, time is 
I think you could die and it could seem instantaneous before you're standing before the final judgment. Sure. Where the rest of history could have happened in between. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, where do you, does your soul just go into like, uh, like you get like flash frozen, uh, flash frozen, like Han Solo. Right. Like you're just stuck in. Yeah. I don't know. All I can say is reading Revelation, they haven't been thrown in there yet. So like, right. I don't know. Hmm. But that's not really about salvation. What's that? That's more like, this is what happens if you don't have salvation. Right. Cool. In the book of Job, right? This is Job 13. And this is verse 16. It says mm-hmm. this. This also will be my salvation for a godless person cannot come before his presence. And the his, in case you're wondering, is capitalized, referring about the Lord's presence. That a godless person can't come before the presence of the Lord. Right. And so this is like, I was having a conversation with somebody recently and this came up. We were talking about salvation and they were telling me like all the things that you get, like different like byproducts of salvation. Like you get, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, that, that's what happens after you get saved. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you have other things that happen afterwards, but like what is salvation as a concept? And it's a pretty big one because, you know, it's, ba- it's basically like the foundation of everything for what we talk about, you know, and what we believe. So it's kind of important to know. Well, and like, go ahead. Doesn't part of Jesus' name mean salvation? It does. It's the Jesus part. It's well, the Jesus part means it's salvation. The first part. So, whether, however you get Jesus' name, whether you take it from English and then trace it back through Latin, then Greek, and then Hebrew or Aramaic, doesn't really matter. Uh, any way you cut it, his name means salvation. So the two, like one version would be Yeshua, if you are really diehard about that. Yeshua means salvation, it's from Aramaic. Or if you take it from where some people do, that Jesus' name, Jesus in Greek, shows up in the Septuagint, that's the Greek Old Testament. When Joshua's name is written there, the Greek word for Joshua's name is Jesus. So that's part of where we get Jesus from. That it could also be there, which either way works perfectly fine because Joshua's name in Hebrew is Yehoshua, which means the Lord is salvation. Okay. But either one, it's still salvation. One is just more on the nose. The Lord is salvation. Mm. Or the Lord has saved or the Lord has, you know, will save it. You know, it doesn't really matter which way you put it into the grammar that way. But yes, his name means salvation. So if you were to do a word study, which I'm so glad that you're, you're doing word studies. Yeah. Do word studies. Go me. You should do word studies. So I do them all the time. Yeah. I do he so does much them all the time. of the words. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't at all. If you were to do a word study, right? It'd be okay. the first time. <laughs> it would be the first time. <laughs> that's okay. If it's your first time, if it's your only time, if you've never done it, that's fine. So the word here in... Uh, Job 13 for salvation is, you guessed it, Yeshua, because that's huh. salvation. It's spelled a little bit different than Jesus' name. Not really important, though. Yeshua. All right. This says in the outline of biblical usage, salvation, deliverance. Okay. Other things that it is also translated as is welfare, prosperity, deliverance, salvation, victory. If you go back further into the verb to save. All right. It means, so from its primitive root. Yesha, follow me, please. I know that we're getting grammar, like heavy in the grammar, but this is important. You see my eyes glaze over a little bit. I know, please just hold on. I'm getting to a point, I promise. Properly, okay, this primitive root, Yesha, means to be open, wide, or free. And then by implication, to be safe, right? Okay. 
Okay, cool, 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 cool. So the Hebrew word for trouble is tzara, not Sarah, t t t t s. Tzara, okay, means to be constricted, to be like bound up, tied up. Okay. Like claustrophobic, like what would make a claustrophobic person uncomfortable? Really, really small space. Really dark, tight cave. Very small. Yasha is the exact opposite, to be open, wide, and free. And so like you could even make the, the case that salvation by that definition would be freedom. Hmm. Right? To be free. Which we can absolutely agree that what did Jesus come to do? To free us. Free the captive. And what did he come to free us from? Sin. From sin. Sin and all the other things that we can not do or achieve or be. And like at the heart of it, if you go back to like, what is the first sin, right? That would be. This is a trick question. Disobedience. Oh. Oh. What a great answer. What a great trick answer to the trick question. Okay. So depending on how you, depending, I'm very, I'm so tickled pink right now. So depending on how you um, divide your theology, right? And your history, the first sin would be either Adam's, okay? Or the enemies, Hashatan's, right? Mm. Okay. (gasps) Yeah. Now you see see the trick question part. No, we did bring it back to... What I was going to talk about earlier. Go ahead. What were you going to say? So the serpent is yes. there. Yes. In the garden. Yes, he is. He's bound to earth. Mm-hmm. Then later on, I think it's in Job mm-hmm. where he says, I saw the, yeah, he saw Satan fall like lightning. Well, that, no. but also like where he's where wandering God's, around. God's like, what you've been doing? And he's like, I'm just wandering around the earth doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is he still here? Oh, is he still bound to the earth? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. But like, is he like a physical form just in the earth somewhere on the earth? Mm. If he's bound to the earth and he's got a form, he had to have had a form. Well, those two things are not the same thing. Right. Is he bound just, to the earth? Yes. Sure. Is he bound to a physical form? Eh, I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't I, know that he is or not. I'm curious. I just had that thought. Hmm. Interesting. I thought you were going a different place, but I'm, I'm with it either way. Oh, no. Anyway. Back, That's good. All right. Back to... Uh, Disobedience. Yeah. Technically, yeah, man, I was going in a different place, but I'm glad you yeah, hammered it in right there. Disobedience, right? Yes, so do. disobedience introduces sin into everything. And then everything since then, if you go with Paul's explanation, even if you don't, so the truth, Paul's explanation in his epistles talks about, especially in Romans, about how um, sin is now like, he doesn't use the term genetics, but it's that it's in us. And that is literally like bound into our genes. And any, anybody that's listening, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. you don't have to teach your kids to do bad, but you absolutely have to teach them to do right or they will not do that. For sure. Like it is a part of us. So when Jesus, who is salvation, thank you, Bob, comes down and steps down into humanity and fulfills all the things that we can't fulfill and doesn't do any of the things that we would sink to doing, he brings us the ability to be in the state of salvation, which mm. um, in the very broad general sense that I would say salvation, and I don't know, feel free to disagree if you do. I think salvation is to be in right standing with the Lord, to be made acceptable to the Lord. And I think that is. I agree wh- with that. It's also very, like an extremely loaded question. Like if you're saying what is salvation, obviously, you know, we're playing a little bit because like. There's a lot of possibilities there, but like when we're talking about to be 
Cool, cool. What does it mean to be born again, Bob? This is like related to salvation. What's like, that? This feels like a trick question. Okay. What is, what is it? <laughs> Maybe. What does it mean I don't to know. be born again? It just feels again? like a trick question. It feels like, like, so aren't these terms that people like church people would use, right? Like, yes. Are I'm you saved? Again. Have you been born again? Or are you born again? Yeah. Cool. What does that mean to anybody? That's I feel listening? like we equivocate them a lot. We do. Like saved and born again. Like when you are saved, you are born again. Cool. I agreed. Where does born again get introduced into our vocabulary? What part of the Bible? Uh, it's definitely a Paul one. It, it feels like a Paul isn't. one. No, it feels like a Paul one. It, it isn't though. What's, it's got, a, it's like in a. <laughs> Jesus is, Jesus is talking. So it's in one of the. Oh yeah. No, I was thinking uh new creation. I was thinking Romans. Okay. Yes. That's that. I see how you, why you did that. Cause a new creation usually, especially if it's a person is yeah. a baby. Yeah. But no, I was, yeah, no, that was Jesus where he says, Jesus says man it. is born again. Not and he's talking to who do you remember who he's talking to? I'm putting you Nicodemus. on the spot. Look at this guy go Nicodemus, right? And Nicodemus is a teacher of teachers. Hat. Whew. Not even Thank you, Lord. Nicodemus is a man who is schooled in religion and he's talking to Jesus about some really deep things in John three. Right. And Jesus says that unless you are born again, right? Correct. Except he doesn't say again. He, he doesn't says say a second again. time. No, he doesn't say a second time. He says. Nicodemus says a second time. Oh. So Jesus uses this really cool word in Greek, which is anothen. And anothen means from above or from higher up. Like mm. if, if I were saying like, hey, could you, we're sitting in my library and there's like bookshelves behind me. Bob is much taller than I am. If I were to say, hey, could you get me that book anothen? Could you get me that book from above over there? And he'd be like, yeah, sure. Ooh. I would reach it. No problem. And he would get it because he's super tall and I'm super short. So Jesus is using a very specific term. And then Nicodemus responds with. So does Nicodemus just miss it? Does he miss the, because. Nicodemus didn't have the, uh, the benefit of like all the things that we have the benefit of. Because he's, he brings up like the, how am I supposed to crawl back in my mother's womb? So he says a really specific and interesting thing. Nicodemus says, I'm an old man. Like literally he uses the word that we get geriatric from in Greek. He uses that word, the same root. And he says, am I supposed to be, am I supposed to crawl back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? Which is where we get this idea of again. And some of the, to be fair, some of the translators have said anothen and translated it as again. I did a word study when I was like searching through this stuff. And what I found was that's the, the only times that Anothen is ever translated as again is in John three, which, and like it's used a bunch more times and every other time it means from above, from above, from above, which leads me to believe it's a more faithful translation to say from above. Hmm. If it's only existing a couple times, it could be, but like, I also have a concordance behind me from Oxford, which is a more of a broad brush for like Greek words and stuff. Everything from the classical period through Koine Greek, biblical Greek, and so I looked it up in there, and the only time that it's ever really at all introduced as again is in John 3, which to me is a huge red flag, specifically related to what we're talking about, that Jesus is saying a different thing, that you must be born from above, right? Hmm. And this process of being born from above is what is going to get you close to God, because he says you cannot get into the kingdom of God unless you've been born from above. Oh. which is actually when you get like, bro, oof, we're talking about like 
pretty deep things. Very Pauline, where he's talking about in Romans, that mm-hmm. who has been foreknown has been predestined, and who has been predestined has been, um, I forget the next one, but this idea of predestination, right? Yeah. Oh, these are big topics. Paul uses terminology that if you read what Jesus says in John 3 with this understanding, leads you to the same road. That God already knows who is going to respond to salvation. Right. And like the Calvinists would then be like, cool, then I don't have any job to witness because God already knows. And like, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. Mm. But that's not what we've been told to do by Jesus, which is like, cool. Right. I would just refer back to that. Did he say do it? Then I'm going to do it. That just goes with your understanding. Like, I feel like that's us putting our understanding of time on things. Mm. Like, yeah, God already knows it, but that's just because he knows everything. He's not bound by time. So he knows it because he's already there. Yes. It's, so but he's like, also here. Right. And he was, the, he was over there. Correct. That's he, in, the, he, in the back. And he was there the just now. And yeah, he's and everywhere. Like over there. It yeah, gets real trippy like if you spend too much time. Yeah, but that's what's like that's how I feel like that's how God knows everything is because he's already seen it happen. I would counter that I think that's like an element inter- to it. I like think that's not a complete stuff. Yeah, no, but I think it's I think that's incomplete. So hmm. if God is just aware because he has already experienced it, then he's not in control. True. But if he's aware of it because he's already experienced it and because he's already willing all things to be, then he is in control and aware. And then we like, that's even hairier of an understanding of about salvation. What is it? What's it's that? It's making my brain hurt. <laughs> These are going to put some wrinkles in your brain. <laughs> so it's wrinkly enough. So <laughs> simply put, salvation is according to what the word salvation means in the Hebrew. It's freedom that was purchased by Jesus for anyone that will acknowledge and accept what he did. And not only acknowledge, accept, but also believe and confess. Those are pretty big terms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're pretty big. Pretty big. Correct. In Romans 10, right? Romans 10, 9 and 10, which is usually referred to in the church as the Romans road, right? Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Can you, would you like me to summarize for I was you? To say, I hope you're going to because <laughs> I sure can't. Okay. So Paul says in Romans 10, 9 and 10. He says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you will be saved. That's Romans 10, 9, 10, 10. I'm going to paraphrase. He says, because with belief, one is justified and with confession, one is saved. All right. More or less, that's close enough. Okay. So I'm going to repeat 10, 10 again and see if you catch it. For with belief, one is justified and with confession, one is saved. So how do you get saved? confess that's a big deal because like if you talk to most people cool if we say salvation is being in god's good standing all right if we agree with that because then you get real like here we go real, bring us home bobby you get real catholic eh, if that's you think that's going. what it means if yeah, you well, think yeah. that's what it means because it's like oh i just have to confess and then i'm good i'm saved if i confess my sins if that's what confession means but is that what confession means no. <laughs> okay, so what is confession? Oh, you're, you're asking the wrong person, man. I was just going off your context clues. Okay. Oh, wait. So what was I supposed to bring home? Because I feel like I missed that. No, no, that's where you're bringing us home. So that salvation, right? If we're saying to be saved is to be in God's good standing, mm-hmm. which is really incomplete. What I wanted to say earlier when we got into the born again 
a deeper understanding of what salvation is, is to, uh, is to be part of God's family. Now mm-hmm. a prevailing theory amongst people is that we're all God's children. Right. Yeah. But we're not like Jesus himself says that that's not a thing. Hmm. I can see you're making a face, but I'm gonna keep going. No, keep going. I'm, I'm going to keep going. See where this goes. So a lot of people be like, we're all God's children. Like, no, no, we're not. Jesus to the religious people that were totally missing the point said, you are of your father, the devil, and you don't understand me because my word is not in you, nor was it ever in you, which is a big statement. These are the religious people of the day, people who have been studying the scripture. But could it not be in them? It wasn't. It doesn't matter whether it couldn't be or couldn't be or could be. Jesus said, it ain't. (laughs) It ain't in there. Because then that's like, well, not in there, but then that feels like. Like he's making a judgment call? Well, that gives even more because cre- he is because he's the judge. Well, yeah. okay. <laughs> no, I'm saying that gives even more credence to like predestination because it's like, well, I mean, predest it is a thing. Predestination is a thing. Like that's not a question of whether or not it is. That's for sure. That's in there, huh? Jesus specifically says so. Like, okay, in Revelation again, it says at the same spot where we were talking about in the beginning about hell being in another spot. Yeah. John says that he sees the great judgment happening, that anyone whose name was not found to be recorded in the Lamb's book of life was tossed in. Right. Okay. Paul says that your names have been registered in heaven since before the beginning of the foundation of the world, meaning anybody that's ever going to accept Jesus as the Savior has already been foreknown, been foreregistered, and foreunderstood. Like, it's, it's already, it's all known. It is known. Yeah. We are the ones that don't know, but God knows. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess in a way. So like the big struggle we have as Christians is like, cool, well, how do I make sense of that? You don't, it's not for you to know. You just do what you're told. Right. Like, Cause what then, we were told to do is to go and make students of all people. Yeah. Cause if I'm trying to think about go it, it's ahead. like, well, then what's the, what are we, what are we doing? Yes. What's the point. <laughs> yes. Again, salvation. What's that? Yeah. It's to be in God's family. Right. To be brought into the Lord's family to be in right standing with him. Yeah. We can agree. Yeah. Cool. We're tracking. Next episode, what we're going to talk about is salvation. How do I get that? They say, what's that part two? Cause I'm still <laughs> like, still, but what, but what is that still? Cause I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. So we're going to wind down right now. I'm going to bring it back. I'm recapping <laughs> salvation. I think part of the issue before I do, I'm going to give us one little, just little tidbit. I think why this is a conversation that's awkward for a lot of Christians is because usually when we're talking about salvation, we're also in the very same sentence talking about how it's acquired and how we maintain it and what the implications of it are. And I intentionally wanted to divorce those from our conversation right now. That salvation, I wanted to talk about it. Like, what, what is it? Have we ever even thought about it? About what, what it is that salvation is? What's that? So, I hope I've given you some questions. And uh, I got to tell you, people, get comfortable with, uh, with questions. Because there are lots of questions and few answers. Ain't that the truth? And anything that is important, you can find it in the source text, which is the Bible. And like, I hope, and it is part of my hope that through this, if you're listening, that you have questions and then you go and research the Bible and have a deeper understanding. Even if it's not a full understanding, if you have a deeper one, 
than what you started with, then I'm f- I feel pretty good about it. True. You're gonna. You're probably gonna get something out of it. I hope so. Unless you're looking for like a question, like what words rhyme with orange? Yeah, there's none. That's so probably not in there. There are none of those. Okay. Door hinge. I hope you've uh, been encouraged. I hope you have some questions, and I hope you find some answers in the Lord and in the text in the Bible. Next episode we're going to talk about is going to be episode 10. It's going to be called Salvation. How do I get that? So I've been Jeff. And I've been Bob. And I hope you've enjoyed episode nine, Salvation. What's that? And I just want to say, Ibka Jafitix. Keep seeking.